With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Fight IQ presented by Rotowire is back. What's up, guys? I'm Mike Alexander, a.k.a. Rotowan, filling in for Sean tonight. Uh, the regulars are here, though. We've got Chris Olson. What's going on, Chris? Hey, how you doing? Uh, thanks for uh, coming back and doing this again, Mike. We really appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here, guys. Joe Sun Tzu, how you doing, man? Well, I mean, despite despite going nine and three on last week's card, I actually uh, lost a fairly significant amount of money. Um, but there is a silver lining to that cloud mm. because I dominated the Monday NASCAR slate. I mean, like I, I like tied for one of the finals, you know, nice. like the live final I tied for. So I'm, I got a playoff going. I'm going to be sweating an MMA card and a playoff <laughs> in NASCAR, of all things, this Saturday while I'm at a wedding in Dallas. So you might be the only man doing that. I, I probably at the wedding, at the wedding for sure. Pretty heavily, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. So like I said, I was very, very as down as I was like. Because who goes like that's that's why MMA, uh, you know DFS MMA is a fickle bit. Oh, all DFS is a fickle bitch. You go nine and three, you expect yeah. to win some money. Yeah, it, it took such a high score because there were so many uh, you know favorites winning and, and big scores being posted. Very few you know median scores. Well, and then sixty people tied for first. Yeah, in the, it's the it's only ten percent of the time do, does the optimal lineup have zero salary left. Yeah. So the optimal lineup had zero salary left. So sixty people tied for first. It's like a it's like a showdown NBA contest. Yeah. You know, it's like where you got all these people tying for first. That hardly ever happens in MMA, but there you go. Yeah, you could feel it coming. You know, so many favorites were winning early on and posting scores. It was like this. This is heading for some some weird. Uh... And then the expected underdogs like Cole Smith. You know, yeah. like everybody was on Cole Smith, right? Yep. So anyway. Yeah. So. It was interesting in contests like Ironman, and then uh, this week we've got MMA. Uh, oh, that's right, Brett's World contest. Championship starting. Shout out. out to Brett Apley, man. Yeah. He this is amazing that you know after the, 
and I'm not going to get off on, I'm not going to get on a soapbox, but I really liked the season long contest. And I was like one of the early guys involved with the season long contest. And for those of you that don't know, the season long contest was um, a, a DraftKings contest that went by points, DraftKings points, which was very cool. It was season long. It was like one buy-in fee and it was great. Um, and I was one of the people involved in the beginning. It's just, I didn't have the time to manage it. So unfortunately, the one guy who put his hand up to manage it is had ended up having a less than stellar, how can I put this? Um, less than stellar uh, accountability relative to the funds that were uh, sourced. Um, so that contest fell apart. Uh, people ended up having to wait to get paid. I understand it's unfortunate, but there's like 12 people who didn't ask for refunds for this year that didn't get paid the money back. So anyway, we'll move on. Yeah, well, we've got some, uh, you know, some better people handling some, some nice contests now, yeah. and, and Sean and, and Brett. So yep. thanks to them for for sticking their necks out and uh, willing being willing to to organize what are not easy undertakings. Yep. But uh, yeah, getting on to this week, we've got UFC 237 down in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Uh, this is a big one. Um, jumping right in. Well, actually, first I'll do uh, do a quick read here. Uh, yeah, you can uh, you can get a free trial, a free 10-day trial if you go to uh, rotowire.com slash free. You get all the premium content, no credit card required. And if you're listening on the podcast version, this is a replay of the live recording from Thursday night on YouTube. Now we can jump in to the first fight, which uh, we've got a replacement in. Uh, uh, Talita Bernardo taking on Vivian Arujo. Uh, I don't see a line on this. Do you guys? Uh, I don't think so. Let me check uh, the DraftKings yeah, sports Yeah, book. because this was really late. Let's yeah. see. So we, we've got uh, Bernardo at 9,300. You've got Arujo at uh, 6,900. Um, the only line I'm seeing is still showing Gatto, so uh, I, I'm not going to take that line as, as an actual um, wager. So uh, this is a pretty clean and, and dry fight for me, but – Bernardo's just a better fighter. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot on Arujo. Do either of you guys? I do, and we're going to probably disagree early because I'm going right. to, I'm going to pick Arujo to win. Tell, tell me be, why. It's going to be one of my upsets. Back am I, my friend? So, oh, okay. So anyway, um, I, uh, I did watch what limited film there is. Um, I think this is actually a more, a much more difficult matchup for Bernardo. Um, one, Miss um, Arujo, she is the uh, Pancras uh, Salt. Uh, that's the Japanese promotion, uh, strawweight champ. Um, she also, her only loss is to Frodo. Frodo, if you don't know that name, is a beast who actually fought Olivia de Sousa to a split decision. De Sousa won, but that is arguably a top five, if not top ten, um, women's strawweight. Came over from Evicta, dominated her first couple fights in the UFC. Um, so in her last fight in Pancras, um, she... Uh, was fighting a Japanese veteran, 38, yes, but a veteran, um, very experienced, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, either to defend her title or for the title. I'm not really sure which one, but uh, she won that fight via Dr. Stoppage. And I don't pretend to be the biggest technical analyst. analyst. I'm more about the narrative, but I'm going to try to throw a little technical in here. Um, she, the way that she operates is she's very right-centric. Like, so she'll lead with the right kick and then follow up with the right cross lead with the right kick and follow up with the right cross. She was piecing up, um, you know, Emma 
all night. It ended up going doctor stoppage. Her face was just beat up badly. Now, I wish she would also throw combinations. Um, it doesn't <laughs> seem to be in her repertoire as of yet. She also has a really quick, fast pitch, like muscle takedown. Like she runs in, she she gets the takedown. I think she got two or three takedowns in that fighter well and got some really nice ground and pound in. So I don't think anyone's going to be on her. Uh, four days notice, she's going to be very low owned. I believe yeah. she actually has even a height advantage, even though uh, she's not the natural. This is a is this a one twenty five fighter. Um, I got the UFC show them both at five four, but oh okay, I thought I saw one was five six, the other. But I mean, that, you know, that's always possible with their, you know, their. No, you know. so yeah, so anyway, I um, look, I'm not enamored by Bernardo. I don't think she's that great a fighter. I certainly no. would. I mean, you know, I am contemplating when numbers do come up, and I, I do not see a number on her yet on DraftKings Sportsbook either. I'm actually yeah. contemplating making a wager on her, um, just because if I'm going to get plus four hundred, plus five hundred. I'm not saying she's perfect. Like she could have octagon jitters, but she is another Brazilian. Um, and I, uh, I'm gonna go with the dog here. I mean, I, as soon as I saw that tape, I actually went and built more lineups around her in DraftKings. And needless to say, at her price point, you could really get good. You could really get good value, and um, you know, build some pretty top-heavy lineups. When you're throwing yeah. in someone at that price point, so yeah, that, that's an interesting point you bring up there, Joe. Because the the question for me with cash lineups this week is, are you going to stack the main event, or are you going to take one of these, you know, sub seven k guys as your salary relief? Because with you know, with the two main event fighters being you know in the in the mid range, you don't need uh, to to stack them and and still get some favorites in there. Or, do you guys have a, a preference in in that realm? I'll go and then I'll let Chris make the pick since I've been I've been dominating the 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 dialogue for this fight. So yeah, what's going yeah, on? So, here? Okay, on sorry, here. Chris. So anyway, I am generally, I'm, I'm a very selective stacker. So the last two weeks I stacked Lineker, I stacked Lineker, Sanhagen got, got 158 points. Um, last week I stacked another three round fight. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. It did not work nearly as well. Um, the main events, the, most people only like to stack the main event. They go with the, the five rounds. Um, so I, there are people on some of the boards that I participate in that are saying, you know, this, you know, the main event is a no-brainer stack. Um, I don't know that anything's a no-brainer stack, um, yeah. but oh, anyway, by the way, again, Tapology for what it's worth has uh, has uh, the underdog at five six um, and yeah. Vivian Vivian at five six, and again, Tapology has been wrong before um, and has uh, tap. Tati Tatiqua at five four. So I don't know for whatever that's worth. Chris? All right, so so Chris, you're you're on the underdog here too. Uh, yeah, and uh, thank God I, I get to, I get to actually say something. I was missing sorry, the of my own voice there, but there uh, you go. Yeah, no, here we go. No, I am on the dog uh, pretty well. I agree with most of what Joe said, and I'll add one thing: is that um, I love how um, on her toes she is. She she bounces around. Right, a lot. I forgot Very, that. Damn it. Very right. quick, very in and out. See, I'm here to pick you up. Don't worry about it. Thank Joe. you. But, uh, but yeah, and um, I, 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 I also like. I mean, she doesn't throw um, hands in combination, but as Joe mentioned, she'll throw that that kick and then then the quick little punch. As I said, she gets in and out. Um, I think she's the better wrestler than Bernardo. Uh, Bernardo is more of a clinch takedown fighter, and um, I, I saw 
I saw um, the dog here in, in her fight that Joe mentioned kind of hit a double leg and turn the corner and go right into side control. So I love that. Uh, Bernardo just sort of, I don't know, her striking just uh, consists of, you know, trying to throw counter hooks or she really can be led by what her opponent does. Um, she was, she was getting hit by, uh, you know, uh, Sarah Morris in their fight. I mean, she's very hittable. Um, she, she's not going to take initiative here. I don't think. And I, I, I don't think she's going to do enough. I don't think, um, she's that diverse a striker and I don't think her wrestling is as good. Now, if she, if this fight does go to the ground, I expect her jujitsu to be better. Um, but I, I think that's a big if, uh, as I said, with the movement. And, yeah, for 6,900, um, look, I, I'm in here because I think, at least in cash, there are a couple of fighters coming up that you're going to really want, you're going to really need. Um, so I think that this is a good play for it, and uh, I am very much in favor of it. And so, by the way, Chris, this fight is at 135. So even though it's four days' notice, she's not going to have, I assume, she's not going to be ha having to cut that much weight because. She's been fighting at straw weight before. Right. All right. So there you go. So uh, so an another another reason uh, to get in there with the dog. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, uh, Bernardo at 9,300 uh, is definitely uh, something to be concerned about uh, hitting value there. So, all right. On to the next fight. We've got Hani Barcelos. Uh, I've got minus 1,100 at the moment. That's huge. <laughs> and Carlos uh, Houchin at plus 700. Uh Barcelos, up-and-comer, local guy. Uh, Carlos is, is a Peruvian, Southpaw. Uh, you know, the read on him is that, you know, he, he's got some power. He comes to bang, and, and that's about all I've got on him. Chris, uh, you, you got anything else on, on this underdog? Late uh, I think you pretty well covered it. Um, his problem is um, he basically just likes to stalk and swing, but he has no defense whatsoever. He throws hard. Um, but he, he gets, he was even getting tagged up in some of his regional fights before getting finishes. Uh, so he's basically just, uh, you kill me, I kill you before you kill me, which I, I don't think is going to work with a guy like Barcelos. First of all, what, what the one thing I love so much about Barcelos, um, is his hand speed. He's got very quick hands. Um, he's got very good in and out movement. Uh, we've seen him lean on his wrestling a little bit. Um, when he, when he uh, when he feels like he has to in that Chris Gutierrez fight, he leaned on it quite heavily. I just think, um, I mean, for for what it's worth, um, the opponent here doesn't seem like a bad wrestler scrambler, but um, I don't think he's on. I don't think he would be on Barcelos's level there either. I like Barcelos here a ton. I think we can save a little time here uh, because I don't think there's that much more to say. I think Barcelos probably knocks him out, but I think he can get it done pretty much anywhere. Joe, how much trust are you putting in Barcelos at 9,600? Yeah, a lot. I, I think this guy is being groomed, honestly. Um, uh, you know, Carlos has been fighting on the Peruvian regional scene. Um, he does train, um, you know, with the Pitbulls, um, but hasn't really fought anybody great. Um, if you look at some of the records of the guys he's fought, um, you know, he's kind of been a little sheltered. Um in any case, uh, you know, I heard a rumor that um, Rayoni's father is a red belt, which is like mm -hmm. red belt is like like the highest level, you know, I believe that you can get. Um, so this is a guy they're grooming. Um, this doesn't really make a lot of sense from a matchmaking perspective. Um, you know, you would think that they would try to get him, um, you know, to fight someone much higher up. 
Um, but in any case, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, I just don't bet fighters at odds like that. But um, DraftKings, yeah. Yeah, definitely lock him in in cash. All right, moving on. Next fight, we've got Warley Alves taking on Sergio Marias. Alves minus 135. Marias at plus 115. Alves 8,600. Marias 7,600. A little bit more of, a, of an even matchup here. Uh, Joe, which, which way are you leaning in this one? Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, I, I heard, um, you know, some Twitter chatter that um, Alves looks just totally bricked up, but I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing because he's notorious for having gas tank issues. Um, you know, Marais is much more measured. I'm obviously older. He's got seriously good jujitsu. Um, he might have to weather an early storm. I will probably I will have shares of both guys on DraftKings. Um, I'm gonna probably ah oh gosh, it's not a super confident pick because I'm 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 definitely gonna have more shares of Marais in in DraftKings, and I'm gonna actually pick him to win here. I just don't like Alves's gas tank, and if 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 Marais can get through the first round and a half, then I think perhaps he could, um, you know, maybe catch him late in the sub or grind out a decision. What about you, Chris? So, yeah, um, this one isn't all that close for me. I, I think that um, it's only a matter of time before Marais gets his first knockout in the UFC. Um, wow. How this guy, how this, how this uh, dude uh, fights, he just sort of comes forward and throws – big bombs from uh, wild angles, even in that Tony Martin fight. And I picked Tony Martin or Anthony Rocco Martin, as we call him now. Um, I picked him in that fight, but you know, it wasn't without uh, a little bit of teeth grinding, you know, cause every time that he backed him up and started throwing those big shots, you know, he knew that uh, Martin could go down. Uh, he weathered it. I don't think Alves is going to weather it. I think we've seen Alves have some trouble before um, when guys are really pressuring him. And I think obviously Marais is going to do that. Uh, Joe mentioned the gas tank issue, which um, I think is going to be a problem for Worley. On the contrary, um, Sergio doesn't really get tired, or at least he doesn't fight tired. Um, when he he um, throws all his big hooks, but you know he's still there in the third round doing it. And I think that's going to be a really big advantage for him here. I think that. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say that um, he, he gets a dog knockout here. I just don't see Alves hanging around um, enough. I don't see him having enough space to use his kicking game, and I think it's really going to hurt him. So Marais is, is is a big pick for me. So you don't think this fight's going to go to the mat? Um, I I would say no. I mean, Marais doesn't really work his takedown game. Now, we saw a little bit of him try to do it in the Martin fight. I think that was kind of out of desperation. More than anything else, we don't usually see it. If it does, you know, I mean, um, all the all the better for um, us, Marais, uh betters, because um, I think he would probably um, dominate there in, in the top position. But um, I think mostly it's going to be contested on the feet. Yeah, Mar Marais, I'm going to pick as well. Uh, plus 325 inside the distance. Not a great inside the distance number, but uh, for a guy at 7,600, that, that's not too bad. All right, next fight up, Luana Carolina, minus 175, taking on Priscilla Cochera, plus 155. Carolina is 8,900 under F. Kings. Cochera, 7,300. Um, 
you know, uh, Carolina, newcomer, Cochera, we've seen her, but she's been more of a punching bag. Joe, uh, another women's fight to, to break down here. What do you got? Yeah, okay. So it's interesting. Um, Carolina, if you if you look at, I mean, look, anybody can can pull up her, her fight stats on topology. As she started as a fighter, she was a knockout fighter, as you expect. You know, like your progression is you're, you're good. You're knocking people out. You start stepping up in competition, and she starts going to decisions. Um, I didn't think her fight on Dana White Contender Series, where she won a unanimous decision, was all that impressive. Making her UFC debut at what what eight point nine k? That is uh, that's a serious risk. Um, I don't think. Look, Priscilla's had a tough, tough go in the UFC. Obviously, um, having two years of her life taken away from Val. Um, you know, look, I think that McCann fight, if that fight's anywhere but the UK, there's a, a doctor stoppage of that fight and she gets her first UFC victory. Um, they don't call they call her zombie girl because she's tough as hell. Yeah. I don't see her getting finished. And for that reason, God, I, I'm, I'm going to do another dog play here. You know, I'm going to take Priscilla. Not because I think she's a great fighter. I, I think she's tough. I don't think she's going to get finished. And I think that there's a lot of questions to be answered about, uh, Carolina. So I'm going to go with the dog again here. What do you got on this one, Chris? See, this is a tough one for me because I, because I don't, I agree with you that I don't really see uh catchware being finished, but I also, I, I also don't really like her as a fighter. I mean, she's just so upright and she does one thing, which is like, which is throw hooks. She gets tagged a lot. And, um, for all for all that and and I and I agree with you uh, for the record that um, uh, Carolina's fight on the contender series wasn't all that uh, memorable but what I like about her is she's a Muay, she's a Muay Thai uh, fighter who's pretty light on her feet um, you don't really see that uh, usually they're more flat-footed um, which would have given uh, Ketchwear an, uh, an advantage if that were the case but you know you, you see her in there bouncing around um, the reason that I'm I'm getting I'm um, having a pause here because ordinarily if I have a more diverse striker with movement in this spot, I would say, yeah, take her. But my problem is that she was sort of getting um, stalled out by a smaller fighter against the cage in that fight. And that really kind of concerns me because Ketchuera is, is big and strong. And if she wants to muscle a takedown, she can do it. And if she wants to work in the clinch, she can do it. Um, so that could make this a, a, a stally grindy kind of fight. I think in the end, I still have to pick uh, the dog here just because I I just don't like it that much about uh, Carolina's game. And I don't, and I think that, um, I'm sorry, um, not Carolina, uh, Cachoeira's game. And I think that Carolina is going to be able to um, keep enough distance to not really get hit by big strikes and tag her up in the process. So, I mean, for a cash play, I don't think it's terrible for Carolina. And I do think that there is going to be a pretty a pretty measured uh, strength disparity here, which is a concern. But I think the pick has to be Carolina. So yeah, you are picking the favorite then. You initially I, said you were picking the dog. I thought. Okay. So uh, I don't recall that, but if okay. I did, okay. I made a mistake. Yeah, I'm, I'm you got picking, it. Yeah, I'm picking okay. Carolina. 
Yeah, uh, one of my rules of MMA DFS is is don't pick women's regional darlings that are debuting expensively against uh, UFC vets. So it's not a bad rule. I, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, but UFC vets is sort of is sort of a change. Yeah, I know but, it's yeah. I know it's technically correct, but you know, yeah, uh, you know. yeah. I, not not that you know, Kuchera is a a, 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 a a decorated fighter by any means, but yeah. It's you know at eighty nine hundred. That's just really hard to hit in in your UFC C debut against yeah. somebody uh, who's who's been around the block at least. So uh, by default, I would take Cachoeira, although I'm not that interested in this fight. Uh, all right, this is an interesting one uh, for for many reasons. We've got BJ Penn fighting again. Uh, he's coming in at plus five twenty five against Clay Guida coming in at minus seven fifty. Did you ever think you would be reading that? BJ Penn plus 525 against Clay Guida minus 750. That's that's something. Uh, Penn 6700, Guida 9500. I mean, BJ Penn may not win a fight this decade. This is just kind of sad to see. Um, Guida, he's done a little bit more lately. You know, he, he hasn't been great either, but he's at least got some wins of somewhat more recency. Uh, where, where are you going here, Chris, with, with, with two, uh, veterans that have probably been past their prime? Well, if you're, if you're, if you're just, um, if you're just listening to it and you couldn't hear, I just let out a, a large audible sigh. I'm not sure if the, <laughs> the podcast is going to pick this up, but, um, yeah, well, here's another sentence I never thought I'd say, um, Clay Guida is going to kill his opponent. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's just, it's just, uh, BJ Penn has, was never lightning quick, but now he's just so glacially yeah. slow. And so Clay Guida is just always moving in there. He's always, um, you know, in and out, finding his strikes. He can mix in his wrestling. We have no idea what the status of of, of um, BJ Penn's um, BJJ game is at this point, even if you wanted to hang your hat on that. Yeah, I we know haven't seen his grappling in forever. Yeah, yeah, and well – if you can call getting heel hooked um, in about a minute by, yeah. That's, he was that's, grappled. Yeah, that's right. That's the extent of it. But, yeah, um, I think Clay Guida is basically going to do whatever he wants. Um, I, I don't I don't understand these fights. Like, I understood the Dennis Seaver fight. That's the only fight he ever should have had. Uh, but for some reason, he's back. I think it's just going to be sad. I think you kind of have to have Clay Guida because I think even if he doesn't get a finish, he's just going to have – he's just going to – tally up so many strikes and takedowns and and I, and I think he does get I think he does get a finish quite honestly but even if he doesn't for cash I think he's pretty safe um I don't see any way you could ever pick BJ Penn I'm not usually zero percent in fact our friend Otto in there just yelled at me for hedging in the last fight but uh, here I will not hedge I will say very confidently that Clay Guida is going to be the victim now, my question for you, Joe, is do you think Guida gets the finish here? Because he's minus 155 inside the distance. And you know, Guida's not necessarily known for being a finisher. Um, I think he will get the finish here, actually. I think he was able to finish Joe Lozon. I don't know that Joe Lozon is that much. I'm sorry. I don't know that uh, BJ Penn is is better than Joe Lozon. Right. That the state uh, of Lozon's game is better than the state of Penn's game. Exactly. That's, that's what be. I was trying to say. Um yeah. Yeah, so look, I like Guida here too. I, you know, when you said, did you ever think you would see those kind of odds, you know, uh, against uh, BJ Penn? I didn't think I'd be reading that he was a drug addicted, you know, sex pervert who used training camps to get clean either. Yeah. Um, one thing I got to say though is, is there's been some, um, you know, some people have alluded to that he's doing this for the money. He's not. 
Um, in the top 20 wealthiest MMA fighters, active or past, you want to guess where BJ Penn ranks on the list? He ranks fifth. He's well, got net, he's got a net worth of $22 million. BJ Penn came from money, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I'm saying, yes, there's yeah. family money. So he's not doing this for the 150000 show money. Like, yeah. there were some people, and I'm not going to say who, who on other pods alluded to the fact that the only reason that that pay, you know, that BJ Penn is broke, that he's doing this, you know, for the for the 150k show money, he's not. There's only you know four MMA fighters, past or present, that have more money than him. One of them's Conor McGregor. One of them's Brock Lesnar. So I mean, you know, I mean, he's not doing it for the money. So I, I do like Guida here. I like him a fair amount. I think he's going to be very highly owned. Um, I, I think a lot of people are going to try to get him into cash lineups. Um, there is some risk here. I mean, we are talking Clay Guida. Clay Guida once said that he's going to fight, he's going to continue to fight in MMA until he sucks. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. So I don't, think this, thing to say. I don't think this is the fight where his suckitude is going to come out. Um, but I, I, I definitely like uh, Clay Guida here quite a bit. Yeah, the, the only interest I would have in Penn, like you said, is in a cash lineup if if he's going to at least return some fire and, and get you 20, 25 points of, of striking perhaps. Um, but you know, that, that ITD on Guida is, uh, you know, it's pretty discouraging. Yeah. So, um, and, and, you know, ben, Penn's not even the, the least, the least, the, the least expensive fighter on the, on the DraftKings slate. Uh, Halchin versus Barcelos is not that mm -hmm. I think he lasts longer than Penn, but, yeah. If you're trying to save salary, you do have other options. Um, but my official pick, yes, Clay Guida gets it done. All right, uh, next fight, Irene Aldana. Uh, minus 350 to come back on Beth Correa, plus 290. Uh, Correa coming back here uh, after a little bit of a layoff. Aldana coming on fairly strong. Uh, Aldana, 9,200. Correa, 7K. Uh, Joe, what do you got on this one? Another ladies' fight to break. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving this card. I, I have to say that, you know, here, here's a funny thing. If I was to tell you that um, Irene Aldana has had, what, four, one, two, three, four fights in the UFC and actually got two bonuses out of those four fights, you'd say, what? Um, I, I have been impressed in her let look. She got off to, she was a minus 330 favorite against Leslie Smith. And Leslie Smith, and that was one of the bonus fights, by the way. Um, she stood in there, but, but you know, she obviously, you know, Smith obviously had experience over her. Um, split decision loss to, um, you know, Caitlin, I punched the air, Chukagian. Um, and then she had a unanimous <laughs> Overwhelmed with volume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A unanimous decision um, against Bernardo and a split decision win against Pudlova, which, which was another war, which was a great fight. I, you know, to me, when at fight time, and again, I, I'm curious to see how she looks at weigh-ins. She looks like a 145er in the ring. She's big. She is. She's big. Um, Trapped a fighter. Um, you know, I definitely think that, um, you know, the UFC has given her a very winnable fight. Um, Beche, um, coming off of a two-year layoff, um, that head kick knockout from Holly Holm where nothing was going on in that fight. Um, a couple of surgeries. I have no idea what she's been doing, um, you know, for the last two years. But um, I like, you know, Aldana a fair amount here. Um, you know, and if you actually look at what she scored on DK, 
Um, it hasn't really been that bad. I mean, obviously there were a lot yeah, of nice points score against Bernardino. Yeah, then there were a lot of points scored. I think in the um, in the Leslie Smith fight because of all the uh, you know because of all the volume. Right. Um, you know, so I I like you know I like her a hell of a lot more than um, than uh, than uh, Bernardo. So yeah, her four scores in DraftKings: fifty nine in a loss, forty two in a split decision loss, one hundred three. And a decision win, ninety in a decision win. Yeah. Um, I, She's you busy. Know, yeah, I don't know if ninety is going to work in um, at night at, at her price point in in GPPs, but I'll certainly take a hundred and three. Um, so we'll see where this goes. Um, I like Aldana a fair bit here. Well, what about you, Chris? Is ninety two hundred too much for Aldana in your book? Um, it might be. It might be, but the, the thing is, and, and, the, and the thing I noticed when I was researching this fight is, is Bechkaheya tends to get hurt by fighters who don't really hurt their opponents that often. Obviously, um, Holly Holm, as, as Joe mentioned, uh, the obviously the Rousey head kick notwithstanding. And then um, she almost got knocked out by Marion Renault in the third round of their fight. Um, it, it's actually credit to her toughness that she survived. So... I mean, if you against a, a much more technical striker who is just gonna, I think, be landing at will and keeping range, it's not um, that um, it's not that wild to think that she uh, lands something uh, to hurt her and change the course of the fight. Especially since um, Kahe is going to be coming forward, just sort of throwing hooks and doing basically nothing. Um, she might uh, try to wall install her out as she tried to do to opponents before, so that. Might hurt your um, arena Adana score. Like it's not something I'm specifically targeting, but if you wanted to take a shot in GPPs, I think she'll be lower owned because I think that um, we already have some uh, more enticing nine thousand plays. We went over them, um, so I think she's worth a shot, and I think she would probably be an okay cash play, but it wouldn't be a main target of mine. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, Koya, she's just. At her worst, she takes too much punishment. Uh, that's when Aldana's at her best, when she can, you know, dish it out and, and just stay active. In, in the Bernardo fight, man, she came out and, and was just putting it on Bernardo the, the whole three rounds. I was surprised she didn't get a finish there. So, um, uh, you know, like you said, 9,200, tough to swallow, but um, you, 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 you could definitely mix in some Aldana. All right. Uh, Tiago Moises taking on Kurt Hullabaugh. Uh, Moises minus 120, Hullaball plus 100. Uh, this is a, a very interesting matchmaking in, in my eyes. It, it seems like the the uh, UFC kind of said, let's take two guys that can't get out of their own way and, and put them together uh, and, and see what, what happens. <laughs> um, you got 8,500 for Moises, Hullaball 7,700. Chris, which way are you leaning in this uh, uh, matchup? Yeah, this is a tough one for me, and uh, this is going to be a banger of a fight also. Uh, Tiago Moises is a prospect who looked pretty good to me, looked pretty good on the Contender Series Brazil. He didn't get to show um, what he had because um, Benil Darius just smothered him and wrestled him, and he, ke he kept jumping for these guillotines that were nowhere close. It was just terrible. But uh, <laughs> but um, I think he, he's a good stand-up fighter. I like the way he pressures. I like the way he throws in combination. He's got a good kicking game. Um, he's got some power. Uh, Hollowball, too, uh, is a good striker. I like his body work specifically. Um, 
he gets hit sometimes, but I think probably he's a bit better defensively than Tiago Moises is. Um, it must be said too that Tiago Moises is um, a jiu-jitsu black belt and um, apparently a good one, although maybe not the best bottom game as we saw in that Darius fight, but um, uh, be as it may. Um, yeah, this is a tough one to call. Um, I like Halibur, uh I think more more so than some others. I think he's a he's a he's a he's a good put together striker. He um, mixes in some good light kicks too. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that Halaba is probably a little bit too varied, um, and he's probably going to um, take this one by just being the more varied uh, active striker. Uh, Tiago Moises tends to fight in bursts, um, but I think it's I think it's a good close fight, and I think it's one to target as somebody could definitely get finished. Yeah, I was kind of getting the feeling that Hullaba might be one of the more popular dogs. Uh, are you in line with that, Joe, or do you think uh, Moises is the play here? Oh, yeah, no. I mean, I think he's the whisper dog. I mean, uh, you know, James Lynch, Adam Martin on parting shot made him, the you know, their, their consensus underdog play of the week. Um, there's obviously some line value there. Um, if you could see the disappointing look on my face, it's because I, I just checked five dimes, and uh, perhaps it's our millions of viewers who've moved the number. But Arroyo is now is opened up is only plus one seventy five, which makes her an incredible value at six point nine k on DraftKings um, at only plus one seventy five. If you look at guys around her, minus seven hundred, minus five twenty five. I mean plus. I'm sorry, plus five twenty five, plus seven hundred, and she's only plus one seventy five. And I'd be yeah. sure, you know that line may actually improve, you know, get worse. So. Anyway, yeah, I think uh, that just think, means your ownership honor is going to be even lower, Joe. Oh, yeah. God, oh, God. Um, anyway, um, so yeah, I think um, you know, I think he's Kirk is Kurt is going to be the uh, the play, the underdog play. It's not without risk, though. I mean, obviously, um, Moises, you know, it's hard to outgrapple Benny. You know, um, you know, Benny is mm -hmm. kind of he's a weird fighter. I mean, at one time I thought he would be champion, and then he just got distracted. I mean, I don't know if he needs a camp change or but whatever. He tried to. He couldn't outgrapple Benny. They gave him to Benny for a win. Uh, this guy has obviously got some grappling jujitsu pedigree. Um, you know, Kurt is look. He's he's decent all around. I don't think he's great anywhere. Um, but you know, if you look at the line value, that often translates into high ownership. So I definitely at at his price point, I definitely see him as one of the higher owned fighters. You know, other than maybe Volkanovski. Um, at sub 8k so uh yeah i'm picking him i'm gonna pick him the win i don't think it's without risk but i'm picking him the win and i do expect him to be very high owned yeah tough call for me i mean I, i'm on the same path everybody is with Holaba. You, you look at his you know his track record recently and, and it's understandable a loss to barcelos I, he had the burgos fight one he just had to not fall into an arm bar and, and yep that would have been a victory. I mean, yeah. He, heartbreaking. He, heartbreaking. Yeah. And, and you saw his reaction right after the arm bar too, was like, what did I just do, man? I had yeah. this one. Um, but you know, no, nonetheless, uh, another mistake. So um, it, it, if everybody's leaning Hullabas way, uh, that makes me want to pick Moises. Uh, yeah. You know, but uh, I think the, the, his, his challenge, Tiago's challenge is if, if people are coming forward against him, he he tends to to not be as good of a fighter as when he can go forward, which is probably going to be the case with Hullabaugh. He's going to bring it to him. So um, really tough fight to pick. Uh, 
but I, I, I'll go down as Moises just to to mix it up here. Okay. All right, getting into the uh, the top of the the main card here, we got Jose Aldo making one of his final appearances, uh, insisting to fight only in Brazil. So he's got that here, minus one thirty five. Alexander Volkanovsky, his opponent, plus one fifteen. Uh, Volk definitely an up and comer, charging up the rankings. Um, finally got some real competition against Chad Mendes. And uh, he prevailed, but uh, it was not without some some struggles. He got uh, he definitely had his chin cracked a couple times by Mendes before he um, you know was able to to finish Mendes off. Aldo, we all thought he was done, but turns out he just was done when he's facing you know a world beater like Max Holloway, and and he can beat uh, guys who aren't a you know a top three fighter. Um, so the, a, a lot at stake here. Chris, uh, which way are you leaning in this in this uh, matchup at 145? Yeah, um, it's tough because you know um, part of part of I think where Aldo fell down against Max is when Max started to pour on the pressure, and you know that's Volkanovski all over the place. Um, the reason I think I'm kind of picking Aldo, beside my Max Aldo love, of course, uh, Max Aldo. Uh, Jose Aldo, of course. You, you go Max Aldo. <laughs> there you go. I, I would love to make a fighter called Max Aldo. He would be amazing. <laughs> but um, I think the reason I'm 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 gonna take Aldo here is because I don't like um, Volkanovski's I don't like Volkanovski's striking defense. He tends to just shell up, and um, you know that's how that's how um, uh, Chad Mendes rocked him the first time is he he threw a hook around the guard and. Um, caught him and um aldo loves throwing his hooks um that's aldo's favorite punch so um i think he's gonna crack him there in fact it was funny i was re-watching the fight today and just as joe rogan said you know mendez isn't really doing that much uh because he these shots are getting blocked that's when the the, the rock shot got through so that was a, a nice piece of poetry because joe rogan kind of annoys me but be that <laughs> as it may um i um I, that that's kind of my read on the fight. Obviously, I think that Aldo um, is going to be stuffing takedowns. He's got the highest takedown stuff percentage um, in the sports history through as many fights. I think it's like ninety four percent or something. Yeah, I think though, I'm gonna have to steal some narrative from Joe here because as I mentioned on the end of last week's pod, um, Aldo was indeed dealing with um, some kind of infection. I believe yeah, it was infection. In um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, a knee infection. Knee infection, that's what it was. Um, so I actually don't like that this fight is happening for Aldo right at this second because I think he has a lot of steam uh, built up now, as you mentioned there, Mike, in the beginning. And I think if he's going in here less than 100%, it could hurt him. I also fear that, like, it's he's towards the end and he's in Brazil and he really wanted to fight here, as you also said. So I think that he would take this fight no matter what, which worries me. Um, but you know, I can't uh, guess what's in and what's out, so I'm gonna just go by what I see on the tape, and the tape tells me Aldo. But if you're picking on DraftKings, you have to be aware of it. I think you you should have some Aldo because maybe that news will um, take some people off of him. But you have to have some Volkanovski too because you just don't know how Aldo is gonna react in there, and it's a shame. So the pick is Aldo, but you know, be careful. Yeah, I think the knee injury is wearing some people. Uh, and, and Aldo hasn't looked quite as crisp, you know, as his former self. He's getting on in years and, and coming to the end of his career, though. 
Uh, Joe, who are you pay- picking in this? Well, um, I remember when Volkanovski made his debut. I reached out to the, you know, Australian sw- Twittersphere and said, "Hey, what do you know about this local fighter? You know, Volkanovski." Um, and uh, you know, I got, I got the, I got the, you know, I got the four one one on him, and I went on him big. Um, you know, and he ended up scoring, uh, I believe, a hundred and seven points. Um, you know, in his first fight where they, they had a salary for him. Um, yeah, he's been or, a wrecking machine. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's DraftKings gold. The average is 112.2 points in his fights. Um, you know, 7.8K uh, all day long, um, Volkanovski. I am, I am really, really high. At, I mean, I love the narrative on Aldo, but, you know, give Aldo two good knees. Um, and I still like Volkanovski <laughs> here. Um, it's gonna. I'm, I like him in cash. I like him in GPPs. I kind of like him everywhere. Um, but I'm going to be very, very heavily invested but, in Volkanovski. But how can Volkanovski be that kind of wrecking machine here when he's not going to hit? When he's not going to get takedowns? I think he's going to wear Aldo out. I think he will get takedowns. I think he will. As Aldo gets more he's tired, takedowns. Well, that could be your hot take. Eh, well, <laughs> as he if, as he gets Aldo tired, he'll get more takedowns. Wow, um, okay. anyway, we'll see. I, I look, I'm, I am going to have shares of Aldo as well. I mean, narrative aside, but I'm going to be more heavily invested in Volkanovsky. Do you think this fight, any chance this fight goes to a decision? I, it's possible because it's only a three rounder. Yeah. Um, so it's possible, but, um, I am expecting a finish. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you've ever given a dog a bath that doesn't want a bath, like that's Jose Aldo trying to, <laughs> trying to take that's him down. Exactly, that's, uh, that's very like, good. It, it's just, I he's not sitting still one second. I love it. Uh, you know, so that's, that's the issue for me is, and, and he still has that. He, his takedown defense hasn't fallen off at all. That's uh, awesome. So, you know, for Volkanovsky, even if he earns the takedown, you know, it, it's going to be hard one and it's going to be hard to keep uh, uh, Aldo down. And if it's back up on the feet, Aldo just, you know, he, he's got that, that he swings for the fences. It's all or nothing for him. He, he wants to throw hooks and destroy your face. Uh, and, you know, Volk, he's got a good chin from what we've seen, but he's also had to use that chin. And, and that's, that could be trouble. You know, my, my initial lean when I, when I was just getting into fight prep was, was Volkanovsky. But the more I thought about it, uh, it, it's, I'm getting scared of a possible knockout. And, and I think I'm picking Aldo here. Ooh. Which you know, it's he doesn't throw with volume. It, it's maybe not a great DraftKings play, but uh, it, you know, if you let him hit you in the face, he's still got a ton of power, which Volkanovski is likely to uh, experience. So that's uh, that's two autos to one Volkanovski if you keep the score at home. All right, uh, to the co-main, Jared Cannonier t- minus one thirty, taking on Anderson Silva, another Brazilian legend, plus one one ten. Uh, here in the co-main, Cannoneer eighty-seven hundred, Silva seventy-five hundred. Uh, Silva's actually looked pretty decent to me. Um, you know, in, in his in his twilight here. Uh, Joe, you got any interest in Silva? Or are you playing Cannoneer? No, I mean, look, I do have some. I I played an early parlay where I included Cannoneer. I mean, uh, granted, it's it's it was Branch, but he did look good at middleweight. He looks about as ripped as as a middleweight can be. Um, you know, this is a guy who's. I mean, I'm sorry. He looks about as ripped as a guy who's fought at heavyweight um, can be at middleweight. Um, yeah. I like the progression. Um, I honestly feel that Adesanya carried Silva um, yeah. for a while and did not really push a finish there. 
Um, I think if Silva tries to goof off in this fight, I really do think he can get clipped and knocked out. I'd like to see him fight a more technical fight and not kind of let his emotions get the better of him. I will have shares of Silva, but I'm going to pick Cannonier to win, and I would not be surprised if he knocked him out. Interesting. Yeah. For me, I don't like that, that Silva, you know, it's hard to hit. Uh, at least he used to be. We'll see what he is uh, coming up here, but uh, that, that scares me on, on Cannoneer's end, but yeah, he's got the power. Chris, where do you fall on, on this coming? Um, yeah, I think um, Jared Cannoneer has two main weaknesses as far as I can tell. One of them is a jab. Um, he basically just turns to putty if you have a good consistent jab which we saw in the Jan Blakovich fight. And David Branch was doing that, but decided he wanted to be like a varsity wrestler instead and tired himself out, which really made me angry. But um, the other thing is wrestling, but I mean like a better wrestler than a guy like David Branch is who's not going to, you know, exhaust the gas tank wrestling. But to his credit, I mean, he did show um, um, better get-ups in that fight, but that's neither here nor there. The point is that um, Anderson Silva doesn't have either of those things. also, he um, tends to still like to, you know, plant himself back against the cage and do the Muhammad Ali movement thing, Man. which was a lot cooler when it actually worked, when he was fast enough to make yeah, it. Yeah, but before Chris Weidman uh, knocked it right out of him. Well, that yeah. – and also, also Adesanya was, was tagging him when he was trying to do it. Um, yeah. You know, it, it just doesn't work anymore, but I think he's going to try to do it. I think that um, Cannoneer is going to pressure him, and once Cannoneer is the one doing the pressuring um, – He's got a pretty good boxing game himself. He's got a nice uh, stiff jab. Um, he can throw in combination. He has power. I just think that Cannoneer is going to be doing way too much here. Can he catch – can Silva catch him? Of course. He can catch him with a head kick or something. But I just think Cannoneer is a better equipped fighter at this point. I know that people are like, are like you know, more, uh, more comfortable with Silva because he's gotten through his recent fights – without getting totally killed, which I think is what some of us expected. But, I mean, that's a pretty low bar, and yeah. I don't think we should be elevating him too much on the space of that. I think that Cannoneer is the better fighter here, and I think he's um, coming in for a big one. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Like I said, you know, even though he's probably less shifty than he used to be, Silva, that is, he, he's still not an easy guy to hit. So I worry about Cannoneer at 8,700. I uh, don't have much interest in Silva as a DraftKings play at 7,500 even. Um, you know, a plus 110 betting line, that doesn't thrill me either, but I'd rather bet Silva than play him on DraftKings. Um, but, yeah, uh, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll take the legend. I'll take Silva. All right. Make, mix yeah. it up again here. <laughs> All right. Now we, uh, we are on to the main event. Oh, hey, Rose- hang on there. Uh- Sorry, uh, Mike. We, we missed a couple of fights, so let's. Did we? Let, we missed. Yeah, let's go to. Uh, well, let's. We missed Nagar- Nagaris fan and uh, Trinaldo. Oh, fan. okay. Sorry, my sheet jumped on me there. Oh no, that's all right. Uh, let's just go to that. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up. All right, so yeah, we got uh, Antonio Rogerio Nogueira. Uh, he is plus one fifteen, taking on Ryan Span minus one thirty five. Nogueira seventy four hundred on DraftKings. Span eighty eight hundred. Uh that's an interesting one. Uh, You've got a yet another Brazilian legend. Um, where, where do you fall on this one, Chris? Uh, yeah, look, look, the problem with um, uh, Lil Nog getting that knockout um, of Sam Alvey, even though 
Um, I loved it because I'm not really a big fan of Sam Alvey. I think I'm in the minority there, but he just irritates me. Um, is that now you have to fight actual guys at light heavyweight, which means you have to fight athletic guys, which is not going to be good uh, for a 40-year-old Nogueira here who basically just um, plods forward at this point and throws a crisp one-two. And that's good enough to beat a Sam Alvey who just, like, backs himself into the corner. But, I mean, a, a guy like Ryan Spawn is athletic. He's quick. He's got a nice um, stiff jab himself. I think he's just going to be so much faster than Nagara here. It's really going to be something. He can even use a little bit of wrestling um, if he wants to. Um, he's a big dude um, for this division. Um, yeah, I don't see a lot of good for Nagara here. I would be pretty surprised if um, if he's not on the wrong end of a knockout here. Light heavyweight is just the wrong place to be for a 40-year-old plotter. Yeah. Um, who can sometimes throw one too, and was a good, was a good boxer in his day, of course. But um, you know, Sam Alvey was a middleweight, not a great one at that. Now we're getting to the real athletes, and I think um, I think it's over. So I, I'm gonna pick Ryan Spam by knockout. Yeah, I mean, Sam Alvey basically invites you to come in and, and throw with him, and uh, he's either gonna knock you out or get knocked out. Uh, what what about you, Joe? Do you think uh, Little Nog has got enough juice left to? Uh, to pull one more off, or are you back in span? Yeah, well, I hate to go against Little Nog in Brazil, but yeah. common sense tells me that I should take span, the more athletic guy here. So that's what I'm going to do. I am likely going to have a fair amount of bolt. Well, at least I'm probably going to have more Little Nog just because of the price value and oh, mass yeah. en and mass entry. Right. But you know, in case because he can. Although Little Nog, again, I would caution anyone playing him in cash because. I see him as all ceiling and, and no floor. Right. Um, his floor is zero. Um, you know, so I will have shares of him in GPPs, but I'm going to pick Span for the win. Yeah, I mean, the, both guys have a, a pretty decent inside the distance line. Uh, Nogueira, 202, plus 202, and uh, Span, plus 118. So uh, odds makers don't think this one's going to the to the scorecards either. Um, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to, to roster some Nogueira. Uh, just, you know, given that, that we have seen Span look chinny in the past, but uh, it's not a great bet. So, yeah, I'll, I'll pick Span here as well. All right, this one's an interesting matchup. Francisco Trinaldo, plus 155, taking on Diego Feira, minus 175. Uh, both of these guys Brazilians, but uh, uh, it seems Trinaldo's probably going to be the crowd favorite. Um do you think that plays into this, Joe? Is that is that a narrative you're getting interested in, or? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I Trinaldo is so tough, and I get I have so much respect for him. I mean, you know, there's stories about like when he was first starting out, how you know he could he could either pay for training or take the bus, and you know he ended up walking back and forth <laughs> because he didn't have money to get home from training. Um, you know, so I really like what he's accomplished. I mean, he's a tough guy. Um, he certainly has a puncher's chance here. I mean, you know, I think the trajectory of Ferreira is higher, um, but I would not rule Trinaldo out. And he's very attractive at 7.2K on DraftKings. I mean, I'm ultimately going to pick Ferreira for the win. Um, I was a little concerned with how he got stung by Kyle Nelson, but then again, his hands looked really good um, in his last fight against the Russian. Um, so I'm going to go with Ferreira here. Um, I do have Trinaldo as having a puncher's chance and at 7.2 K, I will have some shares of him, but the pick is Ferreira. Yeah. I mean, Feta is, 
he's fallen in love with his hands a little bit, and that's scary against yeah. a guy like Ronaldo that that can absolutely uh, uh, do some damage. Um, you know, you'd, you'd rather see it get to the mat if you're if you're back in uh, Feta. What about you, Chris? Uh, which Brazilian are you taking in this matchup? Yeah, this is a tough one. I I ultimately I ultimately settled on Fahey just because I agree with Joe that uh, Fahey's striking has come a long way. I think he's got a nice stiff jab now. Um, I think he throws in combination well. The one thing that has me sort of flustered is I noted on a previous um, previous podcast when we were talking about uh, Fahey that he tends to not do well uh, with fighters who throws and throw in combination because he tends to stay in the pocket a little too long. And I think that that can hurt him here because Master Nduba likes to counter and he likes to, to counter in combination. I'm still picking um, uh, Fahey here just for the work rate and the fact that actually we have seen him lean on his wrestling uh, when he needs it. Um, yeah. he, he leaned on his wrestling in, in that Kyle Nelson fight. Uh, look, he had to get hurt before he did it. So, um, you know, there, there's, a, there's a question there. Um, Ronaldo can get his takedowns as well. Um, I think I think Vahea is the more polished takedown artist of the two. I just think ultimately that um, Vahea has a more developed game here, and I think that's why I'm going with him. I think um, I think he can act, he can absolutely be caught by Master Renduba, and so I do think having both is warranted. But uh, my picks Vahea. Yeah, I, I think you you got that pretty accurately. That you know if he needs to lean on it, the wrestling is there. You know, Trinaldo, uh, he can kind of become a bit of a mad dog where he'll chase you around the ring. You know, he just chased James Vick around the ring for three rounds and and was not able to accomplish anything against him. Um, you know, he's got a submission loss to Kevin Lee. Uh, so, you know, it hasn't been a great stretch for him. And he, even his most recent fight against Evan Dunham, you know, knocking Evan Dunham out to the body is, is uh, not all that much of an accomplishment these days. <laughs> You know, his body kind of quit on him uh, after yeah. some punishment. Um, so I do like Trinaldo as a as a bit of a wild card GPP play, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Faye as well as a pick. All right. Uh, we've got Tiago Alves taking on Laureano Staropoli. Uh, both guys coming in at minus 110. So you got to pick them here. Joe, uh, which side are you going to back? Uh, you got another Brazilian veteran, uh, as usual, uh, on these cards. Yeah, huh. Hmm. Okay, so what are the odds again? Pick em, uh, yeah, I got to pick them. Both minus 110. Okay. Uh... I mean, we, we haven't seen that much out of, out of Alves lately. It's, it's not been good. Yeah, I'd like to think that – look, I mean – you know oh, that that's that split decision uh, victory over Max Griffin was not a. You know, I know it was it was, it was a it was home cooking right. It was not so, a victory, yeah. yeah. Um, and Strapoli was he beat the the the. I like, this, I like to say the barn play, yeah, the barn play, like you know when the <laughs> when the jockeys and the grooms whisper about what's the best horse. You know everybody right. and their brother was on Aldana in that fight, and Strapoli comes out and just like starches them. Yeah. So that, I mean I like to think that in Brazil. Uh, Tiago has enough to get by this guy. Um, I don't know that I love the fight all that much. Um, I'm probably not going to have a ton of exposure to it. I will probably have, I mean, and the pricing is very close, 8.2 to 8. I'll probably have slightly more exposure to Tiago um, and a few shares of Starpoli, but I certainly think you can fade this. I mean, I, I, I see this going more to a decision, and I just don't know 
what type of scores you're going to get. So I'll tentatively pick Alves. Um, but again, I don't, I don't love this fight. It's one of my, my least favorite fights. I don't know how it got on the main card for pay-per-view, which is kind of crazy. Like why, why do you want to see this fight and not right. silver cannoneer? Or, I mean, I'm sorry, silver cannoneer is on it, but I mean, there are other fights. Like you could even put little knock, you know, on this, on the main card or, you know, there are other fights. So in any case, um, I'll, I'll pick, uh, I'll pick Tiago. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's on the main, but like, there's so many other Brazilian legends that you have to put the fix in for. I, I don't know that there's enough budget <laughs> left for Alves. Yeah. But what about you, Chris? Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good point. They need to, um, how many fixes before they catch on to us? They have to see, but, um, but yeah, I, I agree. I disagree with Joe a little bit just cause I mean, Serapoli is, is, is interesting because there was very limited tape on him coming into that Adana fight. And the tape we did see was him being this extreme counter puncher who, um, uh, occasionally knocks somebody out with a hard counter and then he comes out in that Aldana fight and he's just swinging these wild hooks and he just never stops swinging and so it was it was it's kind of it kind of took me aback I mean I'll admit that I, I was totally underwater for that fight I had no idea what was going on but you know that can happen if there's limited tape and then these guys get with you know real trainers or that or they get a, a different fight style and you know so it the, the thing we need to ask ourselves about Stirpoli now is, is that his fighting style going forward? Like, is that how he's actually going to fight? I think we have to assume the answer is yes, because we've already seen it once. And, um, you know, that makes this really interesting because um, uh, Alves was really having trouble when Max would try to just swarm him with punches. And I think Stirpoli can do that here. Now, same thing with Melander. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And the one thing that um, the one thing I do like about Alves here is he's still got his movement, um, especially early in fights. He can still move around a little bit. He can still evade uh, some strikes. And I think that um, Serapoli's striking is not that sophisticated, as I said. Basically just wild hooks. He might throw a kick or two in there. So I think Alves' own kicking game uh, that we did see in the beginning of that um, Max Griffin fight and, and was really on point. Um, Looked like uh, vintage Alves uh, with some of those kicks. I think that can come in handy here, and um, I think that um, you know I I think I just have to give. I think I'm just gonna slightly lean towards Alves just for the experience here. I mean, Starpoli's still that guy that we know nothing about, except he's got one more fight against another guy that we know basically nothing about. <laughs> so I I um I I have to just assume that Alves's composure and movement will be enough to get this done. But you can't really sleep on Staropoli because he's going to come forward with that pressure. And if he overwhelms Alves, eclipses him, he can knock him out. So the pick is Alves. I actually think this fight has a much better chance of finishing than Joe does. Um, so we disagree a little there. I would have both sides of it. I think um, somebody is probably going to sleep if provided Staropoli fights the way we saw him fight Aldana. Yeah, I just can't pick Alves. The only legitimate win he's got in the last four years is Patrick Cote in, in 2017, and that's uh, – Retirement fight. He looked fight. in that fight, though. Yeah, that, in that fight. yeah but, you know, uh, Cote looked like he'd been uh, – spent a little too much time on the couch uh, in the midsection. But, uh, you know, it's – it's I don't – that's not a great reason to pick Staropoli, but uh, I can't do it with Alves. <laughs> Give me Staropoli. Uh, it's it's a pick em, really close uh, in the in the DraftKings pricing. Um, 
you know, Alva's 8,200, Star Poli 8K. So uh, you get a little savings there as well. All right, sorry for jumping around there, guys. We That's those, all right. Those were the fights we missed. Now we are ready for the main event. Rose Namajunas taking on Jessica Andrade. Uh, the the challenger is actually the favorite here. Andrade minus 125, Namajunas plus 105. Uh, not all that often we see that happen. You've, you've got, uh, you know, the skill set, the wrestling base playing into that probably, as well as Andrade being uh, on on home turf there in Brazil. Um but, you know, Namajunas just dispatched Joanna uh, and Jacek, you know, I wouldn't say easily, but uh, handedly twice. Uh, so uh, I feel like there's maybe not enough respect on Rose uh, coming into this one. Um, Joe, yet another ladies' fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, probably not. I mean, you know, there is narrative on this. I mean, you know, Rose's meant anxiety issues have been well known. I mean apparently the traumatic effect of the dolly thrown at the bus and MSG, um, you know, the fact that she's got like a companion dog now, um, you know, also I believe she had neck surgery. I love Rose Nama Yunus. I mean, Rose Nama Yunus won me a DraftKings contest that got me like to go to Orlando and meet, meet, um, you know, meet, uh, oh shit. Uh, 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 Frank Mir. Right. So, I love I love Rose Nama Yunus. Um, I just think Andrade is something special here. I mean, she's a bulldog. Um, she she I don't know how you hurt her. She's got power slams. Um, I look at and again I don't necessarily believe in MMA math, but I look at a couple of things. One is I I think that Rose could have actually lost two fights to Tisha Torres and not one. I actually scored the second fight for Tisha. Forget about that though. That was a long time ago. The fact that she lost to Carolina, that was not a great loss. Um, I just see, and Carolina pressured her a bit. So I see Andrade coming out there like a steamroller. And, you know, again, another fighter that has been DraftKings gold over her last three fights. um, 136, 155, 119. I mean, that is some serious scoring. So my pick is going to be Jessica Andrade. Um, although I will have shares of Nama Yunus because again, you're right. She's not getting respect. Um, but I like Andrade and I am actually picking Andrade by finish. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting one because, you know, all three of Rose's losses have been to, to people who pressured her Esparza as well there. You didn't mention yep. she, she brought the wrestling and, and that's kind of been, uh, the Achilles heel for Rose and obviously Jessica Andrade is in a class of her own uh, in wrestling in this division. Um, Chris, where are you falling? Yeah, um, so here's the thing with this. Um, Rose is going to have to essentially uh, do what um, – what, um, oh, God, what's her name? Uh, uh, Joanna. Yo- what, Joanna, I don't know why I blanked on that. Joanna. What Joanna did to Andrade, which is sort of just play keep away and – sort of dodge and um, counter strike I now it's been a it's been a long time and um, admittedly and I don't know what how much we can take from this but um, Rose has really only fought um, one really dedicated wrestler in her career that was Carla Esparza and she took her down five times now as I said that was a long time ago now um, mm-hmm. but it's really all we have to go on as far as the wrestling defense is concerned she was also taken down once by Michelle Waterson. Um, 
she ended up finishing Waterston in that fight. So, you know, uh, that fight didn't go long enough for us to see. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm with Joe here. I think that, um, I think it, it takes um, it takes um, special kind of fighter to just withstand that pressure for all five rounds uh, uh, or for all three rounds or however long the fight's going to go. I mean, Claudia Gadelia, look how good she was doing in that first round. And then it just broke her. Um, the, the, she started getting in closer and closer. The takedowns came. I think the takedowns will come here. Um, now, we've seen Rose's, um, Rose's improvement as a striker, and, it, and it's, been, it's been drastic. Um, she keeps distance very well now. As in those Ioana fights, she was really good at slipping out of the way of shots and returning with counters. She covers distance really well. Uh, we saw that with the the leap, the hooks that she kept landing on Joanna, but I just think that the pressure is going to get to her. I don't think that she's going to be able to spe- to uh, withstand it for all five rounds, and I don't think she's got enough power to stop uh, Andrade. Uh, we haven't seen anything on this earth yet with enough power, at least in this division, to stop Andrade. So, um, yeah, I'm going Andrade here, um, but I think this could be a, a very stackable fight as well i think i mean look i could be wrong I, maybe she, she comes out and she does play the keep away but um i can't i can't bank on that and for the same reason i, I couldn't pick sandhagen last week who did end up winning although i thought that fight was closer than most but i do agree he won that fight against linear and the, the reason i didn't pick sandhagen here was because i couldn't trust him to be perfect for all three rounds and i can't trust rose to be perfect for all five so i'm going on drudge yeah, I, I think you, you're going to see Rose survive at least enough to make it a, a definite stack cash. Uh, are you stacking this in cash, Joe? Uh, mainly, I'm, th- I'm thinking about it. I haven't, my, I haven't, I haven't set my cash lineup yet, but I understand the allure to stacking it in cash. I just don't know if, if I, you know, if I could find value like like Arroyo at six point nine k, where right. I don't have to stack it in cash. Right, and it's it's not like Andrade's nine K, where where you you know you need right. the other side of that coin. Um, exactly, so you've got options, but I feel like it's going to be most of the the cash opponents you're playing this week are going to have this stack. Yep. So there's maybe something to be said for that, and and you want to have it, and then go four for four uh, on the other fighters uh, against your opponent. Yep. Uh, you know, for me though, uh, I'm probably going to split it down the middle in in, in tournament plays, but uh, I'm gonna pick Rose just because it's it's there's gonna be ownership on Andrade much higher. Uh, you're getting a little savings with Rose, and I don't you know I, I don't think people want to play her. I, I think it's uh it's it's a smarter play to play Andrade. Um, you know the the wrestling base is gonna play very well, but uh, if Rose can figure it out and pull out a victory, that that stands to win you some money, uh, in my opinion. Um, so, uh, just a little game theory uh, at work there for me. Sure, I get it. Uh, all right, guys, uh, who wants to lead off hot takes? Anybody got? Well, one? I gave my hot take. Unfortunately, the hotness of the take, um, I'm disappointed by the the current line. Um, but I am definitely I'm picking the upset at six point nine k over Bernardo. That's my hot take. Uh, Chris, you have one ready? Yeah. Well, uh, Joe just Joe just took the whole rooms, I think. So um, ah, come on. <laughs> but but fortunately, um, actually, I I don't I don't I don't know if that's hot enough. Yeah, let me uh, let me see if I can find a good one. Uh, Mike, you ready? Uh, yeah, you I, I got one here. I'm gonna okay. say Irene Aldana gets her first UFC finish. Yeah. 
Oh, nice. I'll yeah, buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um Okay, so so you guys you guys tell me uh what's hot because I, I don't know anymore. If Aldo finishes Volkanovsky, is that hot? I think so. Yeah. I think moderately. so. What's the what's the what's the prop on that? Uh I don't know. Can uh, Aldo uh two seventy five inside the distance. I think that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, we'll take that. And uh here, let's um Mike, before we go, you want to read a couple in the chat there? There was a couple uh, scrolled up. Let's take a look here. Got uh, Killer Gorilla knocks Anderson stiff from uh, Ryan Barton. Uh, yeah, yeah, not uh, not that hot, but uh, that would still surprise people. You know, I think it would. Yeah, I think it would. Anytime Anderson Silva gets knocked out, it's uh, it catches your eye. Uh, yeah, you know, it's only been done a handful of times. Um, you got uh, Hills S says Trinaldo TKO in the second. I could see that happening. Okay. Yeah. I have a lot uh, of Trinaldo. Uh, now, did you say here? Because I saw it before. Uh, sorry, it's Otto says um, Thug Rose Nami units by submission. Ooh. Now, yeah. now we have seen Andrade sub before, not at this weight class, but yeah. we have seen before. Uh, so, you know. I don't see it, but uh, that's why they call them hot takes. So we appreciate. <laughs> it. Well, that would make me happy if I if I continue to to play the the percentages I think I'm going to. So. Yeah. Um. Anything else, guys? Before we wrap it up. No, man. Good luck, I, to everybody. I think, yeah. No. I think I think we had a good show. I think this is going to be a great card. I think it's going to be a high scoring card. Um. I'm I'm really interested in some of these fights, even some of the lower the lower uh, tier fights like. Uh, the Moses Holiba fight, I'm really interested in. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be high scoring. And uh, can't wait to uh, see you freaks on uh, Twitter the nights of the fight. Sounds yeah, good, man. You're, you're really going to have to get your dogs right because there's a lot of guys in play. So Yes, yes, uh, yes. Do your homework. All right, guys. Good luck this week. All right. You too. Uh, I will take us out. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.